I know that this is probably still on your mind, give you a chance to respond this Monday morning. It's disgusting. I mean, every bit of it's disgusting. You know, to sit there and mock my husband for not being with me on the presidential trail because he is deployed and serving our country. You mock one veteran, you're mocking all veterans. But this is a pattern, Dana. He's done this over and over again. Whether he went and calls military members suckers, whether he was at Arlington Cemetery saying what was in it for them, why would they do this? The problem with Trump is he's never been anywhere near a uniform. He apparently had um, some sort of foot reason that he says he couldn't do that. But the reality is the closest he's come to harm's way is a golf ball hitting him on a, on a golf cart. These men and women sacrifice for us every day. They're willing to shed blood. That's the values that made this country great. And anybody that excuses what he continues to say against the military is hugely mistaken because this is going to be the president of the United States. We have to start doing more to help our veterans. They don't get the due they deserve. They don't get taken care of. We've got to start watching out for them. You can't do that if you've got a commander in chief that disrespects them. Those are fighting words for the military. In South Carolina, we love our military. We fight hard for them. We want to make their lives better. We don't mock them. And what he did mm -hmm. is just disgusting. And anybody that agrees with it or says it's okay is disgusting along with them. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio and powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody, you might as well buy them from us and help fund the movement, help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement, and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I'm your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I believe this is episode 166. I hope you all um, enjoyed another replay of The Creature from Jekyll Island from Monday night. If you have the chance, download the F John Fredericks Radio app uh, or, or listen to me if you're able to on the, the radio stations, uh, the John Fredericks Radio Network. Those replays will begin to be available, I believe, next week. Uh, we're trying to get a good batch of the first uh, 16 to 17 episodes done, uh, fit with subtitles and, and the audio, um, audio visuals and things like that for the YouTube channel. So you'll be able to listen to the playbacks uh, at Royce White USA, youtube.com backslash backslash at Royce White USA. There you'll also be able to listen to uh, rewatch my Real America's Voice Saturday show that just premiered this past Saturday, and I think they reran it on Sunday as well. Um, so um, thank you to everyone. Thank you to John Fredericks for allowing us to have a radio show Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern on the John Fredericks Radio Network. Uh, thank you to Real America's Voice for allowing me to host the Royce White Show at 9 a.m. Eastern right before War Room, which is an incredible honor. Uh, in and of itself, it's a dream come true, really. I mean, Steve Bannon's my guy. Uh, I'm as as loyal to him as as anybody in the movement, and for good reason. He deserves it. He's earned it. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that later on today. But but thank you to Real America's Voice for allowing me to to have that that very special position on Saturday mornings. Um, thank you to War Room. Uh, they continue to stream the podcast every evening. Uh, 
Grace Chong, Maureen Bannon, the great Steve Bannon again. Uh, they streamed the, the podcast, Please Call Me Crazy on Getter. So if you're watching on Getter, you're in the live chat. Thank you for being here this evening. If you're on Rumble in the live chat, thank you for being here this evening. We see all the great feedback, and, and we appreciate every episode. We're being introduced to new people who, who didn't know anything about me before. So uh, another testament to, to Steve Bannon's um, leadership vision. Thank you to everybody from the InfoWars crowd and the InfoWars team. I got to have Alex Jones on again soon. I'm still due to get an interview done with Owen Schroyer. We we had to reschedule that, and then I got busy, and you know he got busy. So we're going to have that at some point. Uh, the interview with me and, and, and Owen Schroyer in a more long format. I want to talk about some of the things that have gone on with him over the past year. Who am I forgetting? No, nobody for now. Thank you all for being here again this evening. Um, right there in the beginning, we had a clip of, of Nikki Haley uh, doing exactly what Nikki Haley does. And, and the reason I started with the Nikki Haley clip is, is um, it is the greatest example of the establishment's uh, belief that the American people are dumb, that the American people will believe any, uh, anything they're told. Anything they're sold, that the American people can be can be sold out and they can be sold down the river and they can be sold a belly full of lies and, and they'll take it uh, with a smile on their face. Now, we know many of you know much better. But I want to talk about a very sensitive issue tonight. As I often try to do as the hatchet man, uh, known as the hatchet man in the movement, I hope, I hope many of you uh, think that I'm living up to that, that moniker. I'm going to have to do some hatchet work tonight. I did it last night on the radio, and I'm going to continue here. Look, nobody knows better than me that black people, the black identity, the history uh, of, of black people and race in this country has been used to, to perpetuate this agenda, this globalist agenda, this anti-American agenda, this anti-God and anti-Christ agenda this anti-human agenda. Nobody knows more than me the ramifications of the, the eugenics ideology uh, that, that, that people like Margaret Sanger and, and Charles Darwin and, and Sir Galton uh, and Sir Francis Galton and, and all these other people um, are responsible for. Nobody knows better than me. And, and, and even more importantly, nobody knows better than me how uneducated the average black American is when it comes to those issues, but, but many other issues as well. And nobody knows better than me that much of it was systematically done. It was intentionally done. How do I know that? I came up in a black community, so I heard what the conversations were. I heard the perspective, and I, and I went to the schools, and I know what was taught. And I know what wasn't taught, and I know what wasn't represented. I know what I didn't hear. And we're going to talk about that tonight, because if you think for one moment that what's happened in this country is in any way um, sizably... Uh, Due to black people in this country, you you have completely missed the big picture. No, it wasn't black people who sold you out to Marxists. It wasn't black people who sold you out to communists. It wasn't black people who sold you out to a, a globalist agenda and now NATO. It wasn't black people who did any of that. It was black people who were used, who were manipulated, who were co-opted by some of their own black leaders, for sure. And in that way, 
yes, there are black people that are that are indictable and culpable in where we are today as well. But the reality is, the reality is that this this strange globalist affectation that we've developed here in the West and and more importantly, more first priority here in America, this this strange global identity that we've obsessed over and try to achieve is is the uh, the the manifestation of 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 people that have no race, people that have no nation, people that have no honor, people that have no faith, and that's much more important. That's the signal from the noise. And, you know, when a, uh, look, the Super Bowl is the most coveted, uh, the, the most the most popular event in, in, in America every year. It's no mistake that sports has replaced religion and sports has replaced religion. If you don't know that, then, then you're lying to yourself. And it doesn't matter if you're a Christian. It doesn't matter if you believe in God or in Christ as a nation. And, and there is a difference between the individual and the nation, just like there's a difference between the individual and the community. As a nation, we have abandoned faith in Christ and religion even more broadly for sports, for professional sports, and even more broadly entertainment writ large. But sports has become almost religious. You have people who have a, a, a deeper love and, and a, uh, a much more passionate involvement with their, with their sports team than they do with their, their nation or, or their church. And it's not by accident that, that Sunday, that, that football happens on Sunday. I don't think that's that's by accident. Um, and Martin Luther King was profound. I quoted Martin Luther King the other day, and, and Martin Luther King has his own set of of uh, has his own unique history and how his message individually was co opted, but even more accurately, the civil rights movement as a whole as a, a sort of seminal moment to to forward the Black American as the 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 driving force of of this globalist agenda back in the 1960s and 70s. But Martin Luther King said something that I think lends itself to what I'm trying to convey here today, that that Sunday at 11 a.m. in the church is still the most segregated time in America. And I would venture to guess much of that has carried on even until today when he said it, he was alive, so that would have been in the 1960s at some point, and here we are almost to 2025, newly 2024, so 65-odd some years. And I would still say that today, uh, 11 a.m. on Sunday is is one of the most segregated times uh, or places in this country. And that, my friends, is ultimately how we lost the country. We let them whatever group of them you want to identify, there's many of them, but, but we let the establishment, we let our, our leaders, we let our, our puppet elites um, divide us through cultural wedge issues. It is the go-to method, the go-to strategy 
to keep us divided. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Pit black versus white, you can make off with the green. This is the, the, the M.O. of the narrative. This is the M.O. of the propaganda. This is the M.O. of much of the political discourse that you see. That's why they're going to run Michelle Obama for president. Mark my words. They're going to run Michelle. They'd be stupid not to. It's going to be horrifying when they do, but that's what they're going to do. And when they do that, they're playing on race. Absolutely. They're playing identity politics. Absolutely. We all can see that with, with you know, without a high-tech piece of, of uh, equipment. <laughs> we don't need a microscope to see that. Identity politics is the flavor of the day in this country. But part of the reason why identity politics has risen to where it has risen to, part of the reason why identity politics has had the success that it's had, part of the reason why the Marxists have been able to, to infiltrate and, and take over the institutions they have is because our faith was weak. Because where we were, were, were called by Christ to, to have faith, transcend physical appearance, we fail. We fail time and time again, and we continue to fail. We continue to fail in, in, in recognizing that Scripture demands we recognize Christ and our Christian identity above physical appearance. Seek first the kingdom of righteousness, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. All those things, whatever they may be, whatever is for you to have, whether it be wealth, whether it be good health, whether it be some sort of independence, whether it be stability, security, whether it be joy and happiness, whatever it is that, that, that is for you to have. Uh, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then you'll have it. Now, we're going to try and weed a, a fine thread here, and I hope you can follow along because I'm, I'm not going to take up much of your time today. I want to go for just about an hour, and we're about 15 minutes in. But we're going to try and thread a needle here. The only thing stopping this country from becoming the nation that many of us would like it to be is the division between black people and white people. Now, I don't say that in some esoteric, abstract way. You know, I, I don't say that as some superficial kumbaya. It is a fact that our elections have been tampered with, rigged, in some cases, stolen. And that the, the cheating that has taken place, the cheating that we can even hypothetically theorize, um, the, the insecurity in our elections is justified on the back and identity of black people in this country. We see that with very clear eyes. It's not, it's not hidden. You know, if they're going to cheat, if, if they're going to bring in extra ballots, if they're going to, if they're going to have something go, go, uh, shockingly in a different direction in the 12th hour on election day, we know where those votes are going to be, be, be uh, coming from. 
And the question we have to ask ourselves is, do we think there's any way we're going to win another election in this country if black people don't develop some sense of national pride and national honor? If black people don't rediscover what it means to be an American citizen and the value of being an American citizen, the value of citizenship itself, do we think we'll ever win another election in this country? And you're asking for two, two different outcomes. One outcome is we can put petty differences aside and we can allow black people to be the driving force to reshape the electorate, reshape the spirit of the electorate, the, uh, the, electorate the, the, the narrative of the electorate. Or we can get ready for civil war. I mean, it's really that simple. And see, I know that many people talk about civil war, but aren't really ready there mentally because if you were, it would happen because, the, you know, every day you're getting sold out. And if there's any example of that, it's, it's on Sunday. They want to distract you with, with cultural wedge issues and entertainment, bread and circuses. And on Monday, they want to send the Senate to the Senate floor with a bill that passes to send another $100 billion of, of your money to a war halfway around the world. No greater example than that. Halfway around the world. $1,300 per American household, whether you're black, white, yellow, green, clear. Doesn't matter. $1,300 per household is what they want you to spend on a war that none of us can really make sense of other than some boogeyman theory that Vladimir Putin wants to take all of Europe. He hasn't even shown the capacity to take Ukraine. And, and we believe that he's going to push into Poland and beyond to Germany and France and, and what, Great Britain. Um, these, these things are ridiculous. Okay? I can't even believe they actually think they can sell it to you, but they, they can and they have. And they've used people like Nikki Haley to do it, and they'll continue to use people like Nikki Haley to do it. You may be thinking right now, where am I going with this? What I'm trying to talk about here is this, this debate that, that bubbled up over the weekend, over Super Bowl weekend, about the black national anthem, quote, unquote, in case you're just listening. The Black National Anthem. Well, first of all, it's not the Black National Anthem. There is no Black National Anthem. It was never really taught as the Black National Anthem. And I went to a black church and I went to a, a black charter school in, in elementary school. And, and, and we, we learned the song. Lift every voice and sing. We learned every song, and when we learned the song, we didn't really learn the history of the song, or maybe I was too young and not paying attention to, to remember the significance of that part of the lesson, but we learned to sing the song. And the history of the song is, is even more beautiful, I think, than the song itself. That a man wrote a, a, a song, a hymn, a Christian hymn to commemorate uh, Abraham Lincoln's birthday, who we all should know was a Republican and, and helped free the slaves. Now, whether he helped to free, whether he helped free the slaves genuinely or for political expedience or, or for military advantage is, is an argument that we'll continue to have and will rage on until the end of time. The, the, the reality is that the slaves were free, that slavery was abolished under Abraham Lincoln. And if you want to take the civil rights movement as a uh, as a marker in time 
where black people were co-opted, then the freeing of slaves could also be seen as one. And many of us know the the, the dynamic of, of freeing the slaves in juxtaposition to uh, states' rights being sort of overrun with with uh, more federal federal government approach. In retrospect, we can see was a big issue. We didn't know it then. We didn't understand it then. But we we are good. I hope we're good in understanding now that the the bigger the federal government, the 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 worse off we are. At least that's how it is right now. At least that's how it is when you have leaders who sell out, and and it may just be a natural disposition for for human beings in an industrialized society to sell out. It may actually be impossible for a federal government to be as big as ours has become and not sell its its people out, we the people, in the, the structure and framework of the government the way that our founding fathers laid it out. But those arguments and debates are to be had. The slaves were freed under Lincoln. A man wrote uh, a hymn in, in 1900 to commemorate his birthday and, and the, the freeing of the slaves, and, and the song calls to lift every voice and sing. In the name of Christ. Now, does the NFL and all these other professional sports institutions use every single drop of, of cultural animosity to, to play uh, political correctness or, or, or forward their political agenda? Of course they do. Of course they do. But that doesn't just begin or end with race. That is anything they can get their hands on. And another thing they have gotten their hands on, particularly in the NFL, is, is their their relationship or their representation of their their relationship or attitude or, or feeling or sentiment towards our servicemen and women, towards the American military. I think there's a better, a better cold open we could have started with than Nikki Haley doing exactly what the NFL is doing and doing exactly what they want all of you out there to do with the controversy of the Black National Anthem. And I've talked about it on this podcast uh, many a times, well before any of this controversy broke out, but it, it speaks to the exact same thing, which is why I'm bringing it up again, reiterating. The conservative movement has an issue with patriotism and, and their, their reverence and allegiance to the military. Our, 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 our respect, our honor, our, our appreciation for the sacrifice of the men and women who put on the uniform has, has blinded us to the powers and, and forces above them that, that manipulate and, and misuse and exploit those, those same men and women. And that's exactly what Nikki Haley does when she says, if you insult one service man or woman, one military person, one military family, then you insult all of them. That is collectivism. That is ridiculous, stupid. It's illogical. And if that's true, if that's true, if that sentiment is true, then we have a problem in here in America in terms of how we view the military, in terms of how we view our troops, in terms of how we view people who have served our country. We have a big problem ideologically. If I criticize one black person, do I criticize all black people? If I criticize one woman, do I criticize all women? If I criticize one LGBTQ agenda, do I criticize all people who are LGBTQ? If I criticize the CCP, am I criticizing every person who's Chinese? If I criticize uh, Vladimir Putin, am I criticizing everybody who's Russian? 
If I criticize Great Britain, am I, am I criticizing anybody in the English Commonwealth? If I criticize one athlete, am I criticizing all athletes? If I criticize one Christian, am I criticizing all Christians? But if I criticize one soldier, then I'm criticizing the entire military and anybody who's ever sacrificed their life for this country. I mean, I, I really don't need to say more, but I will. This is, this is the cultural wedge issue that they really want to hang their hat on. And you, you, a lot of people aren't seeing it. A lot of people are still blinded by this, 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 uh, this affection. And, and it's a rightful affection. You know, Satan will, Satan will, will, will use your spiritual pride against you, will use your, your sense of righteousness against you. That's why it, to seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not your own. Because your own righteousness is flawed, as are all humans. And where you think you're upholding some, some righteous uh, position may be exactly where Satan's tricking you into, into what we call pride, spiritual pride. National pride. And we need to rediscover national pride and national honor, but we also need to be smart about it. We also need to have some, some maturity about it, some logic. In fact, this nation's inception was rooted in a logic that had never been seen before in the construction of government or a nation in human history. The logic laid out there in our foundational documents are, are incredible. Unmatched. There's nothing logical about a collectivist idea about regarding the military. And so when the black national anthem is played and I see people say, well, that there's only one national anthem and the national anthem is to remember our troops and, 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 and that can never be disrespected or dishonored. And, and all I start to think to myself is, number one, uh, let's be more realistic about what took place with many of the troops that have lost their lives in recent memory here in this nation. Many of our troops were sent to wars they never needed to be in, and their blood was spilled by people who never really cared for them, people who had their own agendas, people who had their own corporate ambitions, people who were being puppeted by, by special interest groups and lobbyists, particularly of the, the military-industrial complex and contracting variety. And we know who people like that were. In fact, they were Nikki Haley, but they were also the NFL. And so anytime the NFL played the national anthem in the first place, it was a disgrace to our troops because they were putting on a front. The same way when the NBA paints Black Lives Matter on the court, but then they, they support Planned Parenthood and a, and, a, and a 60-year-old or 100-year-old eugenics movement to, to systematically kill genocide black lives through legal means, they're being dishonest. It's no different than the NFL. No different than the NFL and the military. But see, we view those things differently here in this movement, for a lot of people in this movement. And I saw the criticism. I saw people say, after me being on Real America's Voice, uh, why do you support a, 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 a corporation, a league that's anti-2A? You must be anti-2A. First of all, I don't support the NFL in any way. In fact, what I'm really saying is I don't know why you people care so much about what songs and ceremonies they sing at the Super Bowl. What, you, what you're really saying is you don't want the jerk-off to you, – you, you want the jerk-off, you want the distraction 
You want the bread and circus to at least pretend like they have some reverence for America, for this nation, for, for citizenship, for your citizenship. You want them to at least pretend. Well, they're done pretending. In fact, they were never doing a very good job at pretending that they, they cared about you. You needed to believe it because you needed the distraction. You needed the escape. You needed the escape from the reality and the duty of what it means to be an American citizen. And that's why many people in this country spend more time on Sundays in, engaged in, submersed in, in, in NFL football than they do in the Bible and in Christ, in their faith community and church. Rushing out of the mass to get home to watch the football game. You can't lie to me. I'm the hatch. I know. I seen it. I lived it. 32 years, not, not a lot. I'm you know, about halfway, halfway done with this thing called life. God willing, but I've seen it. You know, th this isn't a theory. This isn't conjecture. I've seen it with my own two eyes. I know it. The, 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 the advertising dollars of the Super Bowl tell us it's so. They tell the story. The money doesn't lie. Men lie. Women lie. Numbers lie, too, sometimes, if it's Dr. Fauci, but... But often numbers tell us a great, a great deal of truth. And the, and the numbers suggest that, that all eyes are fixed on the Super Bowl on, on, on Super Bowl Sunday. But it's not just Super Bowl Sunday. The buildup for Super Bowl Sunday is a 17-week season of, of NFL football that most often takes place on, on Sunday afternoon and, and Sunday evening. Now, there's a reason why they start the games at noon, so that they can pretend that they are leaving room for, for you Christians who are now the, 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 the target of Joe Biden, the security state, you domestic terrorists out there. They're pretending that they're leaving room for you to go and worship, but they don't really care about that. And increasingly, they care less and less. And that's why the ad where they so brazenly use the, the image of Jesus Christ and the, and the parable of Jesus Christ and, and the washing of feet to promote an LGBTQ agenda. And it was, it was obvious to see. But that's who these people are. And that's who they've always been. And that's what you need to understand. And it, there is no special exception for the military when it comes to the NFL. So I don't care if they play the Black National Anthem. I don't care if they play uh, 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 the Irish American National Anthem. I don't care if they play the Italian American uh, National Anthem. I don't care if they play the Chinese American National I don't care what anthems or songs or hymns or 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 sing-alongs they do in the beginning of the Super Bowl because the reality is the Super Bowl is just a big jerk off and distraction anyway. And if you watch it, I'm not saying you can't watch it, but if you watch it, you should realize it's a big jerk off and distraction. In the broad scheme of things, am I saying that the players haven't sacrificed a lot and put a lot of time and energy in? Am I saying that the coaches haven't put a lot of time and energy in? Am I saying that the, the people, the support staff of these NFL teams haven't put a lot of time and energy in down to the equipment guy? I understand that. And there's work that goes in. There's time that's spent. What I'm saying is in the same way that our men and women who serve in the military are exploited and their sacrifice disgraced by the agenda of the elites is the same is the same that can be said for everybody who can, who participates in 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 a super bowl 
Yes, the work you do, the life you live, the time you spend, the energy you spend on something can be desecrated, can be desecrated by, by the people who use it to, to their wicked advantage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Taking the Lord's name in vain. Don't you understand? Don't you understand? Yes, I can live a life, and, and, and as soon as somebody uses something I say or something I did to, to a wicked means, it, it can disgrace the, the memory of me. It can disgrace what I've done, my, my contribution. It can undermine it. And you would hope that people who knew me, my, my family, the people who, who hold and, and protect the legacy of the estate, and this is something that maybe a lot of people don't even really don't really understand, but but your 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 descendants or relatives have to have some some education or some semblance of of what you stood for themselves. So when somebody decides a hundred years now a hundred years from now to use something you said in an, in a in a in a way that that isn't that isn't honest or genuine, they can stand up at that moment and say, "Wait a second, don't use his name in this way." And maybe sometimes people stand up and say just that, and they already have their own political agenda. So they they're actually telling somebody not to use your their, your name in a way that that is more close to being honest in, in how you meant whatever it is that you said. The pendulum swings both ways. I'm not saying it doesn't, but but we can be disgraced and undermined by the people who preside over us, and the sacrifice and time and energy we spend on things. I don't care if you serve in the military or if you are uh, an NFL equipment and ball boy. Now, those are two completely different levels of sacrifice, obviously. But my point is the same way the ball boy can be undermined when the NFL sells out the American people is the same way the, the American soldier can be undermined when, the, when, when he and the American people are sold out by, by Nikki Haley or General Milley. But do I have to be respectful towards General Milley? Do I have to be respectful towards uh, George Bush? Do, do I have to? I mean, where, where, does, where, where does the line end uh, and begin with, with this, uh, this uh, unreproachable line for the military? Tell me. Somebody tell me. Feel free. Drop it in the comments. Well, what's, the, what's the line? Do I, have to, I have to respect everybody, whoever served in the military, no matter, no matter who they've shown themselves to be uh, after the fact. That doesn't seem very American. In fact, that, that seems like a, a way to, uh, that seems like a way to, to set the game so, so certain people can, can, can always show up at the right time to, to give you a, a, an identity that you can feel comfortable with. Like a Joe Fraser popping up to run for United States Senate here in Minnesota, the establishment pick. And of course he supports a war in Ukraine and unlimited funding. And, and of course he was a 26 year, uh, 26 year military intelligence officer who served in Iraq and Afghanistan. And, of course, he works at a big financial institution now. And, of course, he's going to run against Amy Klobuchar, who is the exact same person on the other side of the aisle. And, of course, no matter who wins, although they have no plan for him to beat Amy Klobuchar, but regardless, no matter who wins, the military-industrial complex wins. And you at home who have this blind allegiance to the military are really none the wiser. 
tell me I'm wrong. Please, in the comments. If I'm wrong, let it be known. Is it wise for us to have this blind faith in the military? Is it reasonable? Is it logical? We talk about facts not caring about our feelings until we get to the military. And let me let me help you let me let me let me explain further why this is is even relevant. Everything that the Marxists and communists do, we don't have to run from. We already let the Marxists and communists take the rainbow. That's blasphemy. Yes, and it's blasphemy what they've done to the rainbow icon. This is a biblical icon. This is a uh, an icon and a symbol of the the, the promise uh, to Moses that that God would never flood the earth again. Now, of course, the same security state, which in effect is the same set of of puppet politicians that that get lobbying money from people who are in partnership with the NFL, and and of course, these are the same people who who think that God and believing in God uh, makes you crazy. Conspiracy theorist, uh, immature, you know, living in a fairy tale and whatnot. They, they 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 openly mock us by calling God the Sky Daddy online through their bot farms and whatnot. Um, so so this is the same group of people. But but my point is that again the 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 icon of the rainbow has been so brazenly stolen by the LGBTQ community and and the LGBTQ movement and and all the other corporations who buy into it and and we just allowed it. We didn't fight back. We ran. We ran like like a couple of schoolgirls. Maybe that's a misogynistic phrase. It used to be acceptable in this country. It's right for schoolgirls to run from violence and danger. I don't know if that's offensive to you. I, I guess I apologize. Not really. You can go fuck yourself. That's that's who I am. But my, my point is still stands. You know, we we ran. We run. We run from the Marxists. We run from the communists. Every institution, every every cultural, uh, every cultural uh, ritual, uh, whatever else uh, that that we were supposed to try and conserve, we didn't. We run. We run and we whine on our way out. We talk a lot of shit. We talk a big bad game on the way out. We talk a big bad game when we retreat wherever we retreat to, and and, and we 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 say. Uh, that that we you know reject this 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 happening, but all in all, they did take the rainbow. For all you Christians, the LGBTQ has successfully hijacked the rainbow, which is a biblical icon, a biblical symbol, and they have taken our academic institutions, and really, they've taken this country. The Marxists and the communists, the globalists, who uh, are the globalist communists, it's hard to really say. I mean, I think globalists will be whatever political variety gives them the political expediency they need to, to forward their agenda, which is ultimately more of a, more of a, an ambition of power, totalitarianism, technocracy, and it's, it's anti-human. And, and in that way, you know, the, 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 the secular thread of science, scientific technocracy and, 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 and transhumanism and, and a sort of secular society runs right through to a, a similar thread in, in communism and Marxism, which is it, it doesn't believe in God. So that, that secularism is a real root of, of the overall umbrella. 
they took in the rainbow. They've taken our academic institutions. And they've taken the country. And it's no wonder. It's no wonder the Marxists took our country over. Because everything the Mar- Marxists touch, we don't have the intellectual fortitude, the intellectual courage to be able to, to root out the Marxism. We just run. We run. We run for the hills. Let's take the rainbow back right here today. Let's, let's just profess. Let's just rebuke and refute. Let's profess the truth. The truth that the rainbow is an icon of God. It's an icon of the Bible. It's an icon of the, the story of Noah and the ark. Let's just do that. Why? Why not? Why not? Let's take our academic institutions back. Let's go join the school boards. Instead of sitting at home complaining about the Black National Anthem, did you join the school board? Did you join the school board to have a voice in what's taught to your child in your local municipality? Did you do that? Were you even involved in the school board election that took place? Because I here in Minnesota, I know the, the elections for school board had an, uh, an all-time low turnout for voting. City council? Oh, okay. Um, that's how we take back our country. We don't run from the Marxists. We fight them head on. And in this particular case, the Marxists and the communists, if you believe that the Marxists and the communists have, have, have uh, intimidated, influenced the NFL to, to use the Black National Anthem as a, a way to divide the country further along a racial line, well, I run from that. First off, first off who gives a fuck? The Super Bowl is a scam in the, all around, so why would the, the, the opening ceremonies be any different? Who cares? You care because you know how many people watch it. You care because we we failed to minister to American citizens the value of American identity, American citizenship, and and Christianity. We failed in that regard. And so now we feel desperate to, 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 to whine and complain. No, it's time to get back out there and minister. Part of that ministry could be, wow. The globalists are so arrogant, they're so full of themselves, they're so, they're so brazen and, and so incompetent when push comes to shove. They're so incompetent, they actually uh, ended up promoting a song that's Christian. A, a, a Christian song that has a, a sense of, of national honor because it, it recognizes a, a, a national history, and it, a positive national history an advancement in our national history. It acknowledges that the, the United States Constitution uh, informed people like Abraham Lincoln, who ultimately helped to abolish slavery, and, and that's how we are in those, this, the, 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 the state of uh, national improvement that we are in today, which is an improvement. I, I don't think anybody would argue that, that the days of slavery or, or the days of segregation uh, were, were better times than we, we are in now. Some people w- maybe would, would argue that, black, white, and otherwise. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue that. Was there a time in this country where black communities were more affluent and they weren't a slave to the, to the welfare uh, leviathan of a federal government that we have now? Maybe. Well, for sure. Was there a time when black communities and black households were more Christian? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Both things can be true at the same time. Segregation, it's a bad idea. Doesn't work. We're Americans. Slavery, bad idea. Doesn't work. We're humans. <laughs> We're Christians. But, but these are things to think about. And again, I caution you, don't take the bait. We don't have to take the bait. Every time the Marxists and communists get ready to put their hands on something, we don't have to freak out and run. Look, what, what, what we need in this country more than ever is for uh, black people to, to rediscover uh, the value of, of the American identity and, and American citizenship. And the, the beautiful thing is, the kicker is that this has already begun. Donald Trump's presidency, Donald Trump's candidacy, the MAGA movement has already begun to, to create that, that moment of rediscovery. It's, it's already happening. Let's, let's just get out of the way. Can we do that? For the, for the sake of the fucking republic, can we do that? Can we get out of the fucking way and let the man work? Can we get out of the fucking way and let what's, what's already begun take shape, take root? Or do we got to go take our big fucking clumsy feet through the field where we just planted all these beautiful new flowers by having some strange, unnecessary argument, uh, racial argument about the, the, a song that is, is ultimately a Christian song and, and, and commemorates and celebrates the nation and, and our, our national honor, uh, but but even more importantly, is not even really the black national anthem. I mean, we're just getting mad about what the NFL calls it and why give them that much power. They're already on the way down. You're sure their numbers are on the way, are, are, are on the rise. The, the money is on the rise. But at the snap of a finger, the American people are going to realize and make a decision about all these institutions that have been in on the scam once they realize that the, what, that the scam has taken place. And every time we, we close the discourse by having some strange obsession with, with the racial thing, uh, we, we slow the progress of that happening. Because there are people out there, there are black people out there in communities all across the country that that know the 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 the, the, the lift every voice and sing. You call it a black national anthem or not, doesn't really matter to me. I don't give a shit. It's so irrelevant. It really is. The only rele relevance is is you, you feeling this sense of of en endearment or you feeling this sense of appeasement. Uh, from the from the the, the military industrial complex when the song is played. That's the real scam. That's the biggest scam. Is when they play the national anthem, we all get this sense of 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 shared um shared love and 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 memory and appreciation for the the sacrifices that our troops made. But there's, there's, there's nothing honest about that. Because if we really cared about what our troops, what our, our servicemen and women in uniform um, have to endure, have to sacrifice, paid for with their blood, we would make sure that the Nikki fucking Haley's couldn't come out on a stage. We would make sure that the NFL 
couldn't play the national anthem with them. We should protest the NFL because they play the national anthem. Not because they decide to play the black national anthem or whatever other song after. That's that's not the right line. That that's not the that's not the hill to die on. The first issue is that they play the national anthem at all because they don't give a fuck about our troops. And even more importantly, I don't think they give a fuck about this country. They give a fuck about their pockets. They give a fuck about their their power. They give a fuck about their, their, their propaganda. I don't think they care about this country. I don't think you think they care about this country. So why let a why let an imposter institution play the national anthem and, and pretend like it's genuine? It's not genuine. Which is why, if anything, I don't like I don't like that they even play lift every voice and sing. And, and somewhere, some black person gets this sense that that the NFL cares about black people. I'm more concerned with the with the lie. I'm more concerned with the dishonesty than I am with the the the, the, the formality of the proceedings. You you want a real you you have a problem with what's happened in this country. The pledge of the pledge of allegiance being taken out of the public schools is the problem, <laughs> not the not the Star Spangled Banner at the fucking uh, Super Bowl. Give me a break. Your child not standing up and saying the pledge of allegiance every day before school starts—that's the problem, and that's something that you can actually affect. If you storm the school boards the way that you should storm the caucuses to make sure that rhino fucks like Nikki Haley don't manipulate the the the, the strings of of this party. In this movement. Am I making sense? Am I saying it in a way that 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 that's palatable? That's a word I hear often in politics here in you know in America. If somebody's palatable or not, I've been told I'm not palatable. That that middle white Americans are scared of black militants. Is that true? Do I scare you? Do I make you uncomfortable? Does it make you uncomfortable for me to question our allegiance and our blind faith and support of the military? Does it make you uncomfortable when I use the word fuck? Does it make you uncomfortable when I call into question the 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 501c3 tax exempt status of the church? Pay your taxes. Yeah, we should pay our taxes. The church and the, the, the Christian institutions all across this country should pay their taxes. Absolutely. That way you can start talking about politics. You can start talking about the politics of the day. You can start to rebuke and refute. You can start to condemn when when certain people step up on the podium under the lights on the big stage and, and, and take the Lord's name in vain. This is a moment in American history where we need real leaders. Real leadership is we need we need to talk about things and say things that are very uncomfortable. And it's no different than what Nikki Haley said. Um, I'm going to show you in the clip here at the end. Uh, Nikki Haley says right out in the open that 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 Donald Trump criticizing NATO uh, in, in, in effect puts all of our military men and women in danger. That that Donald Trump can't be trusted to protect the, the families of the military, he's the first anti, he's the first genuine anti-war president in recent American history. 
the first genuine anti-war president in recent American history since JFK. He can't be trusted to protect our military families. Or, or he can't be he can't be trusted to to protect the thin veneer of 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 respect and honor and appreciation that is conveyed through our through our ceremonies. Or 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 the political correctness with which we speak about the American military. He can't be trusted to protect that. He can't be he can't be trusted to protect the lie, the status quo which has been lies, which has been misrepresentation, manipulation, misleading. That's what he can't be trusted to protect because he tells the truth. And the truth is NATO should fucking pay. If the Europeans want to have a war with Russia, if, if the Europeans believe in the European Union, the way we believe in, in, the, in, in, in the, the union we have here in the United States, if they believe in their union, they should fight. They should grow a set of fucking balls and backbone and they should prepare to fight. The Russians should fear them, not us. The Russians should fear Europe, not, not America. If America has to uphold the security of Europe and everybody else in the world, it's not going to be secure for very long. And, and see, this is what you guys have to have to understand. The three priorities of the America First and MAGA movement are the border, the debt, the forever wars. Close the border, stop the debt, stop getting involved in ever wars. No, let's let's rephrase that. Close the border, pay the debt, stop the forever wars. The border, the debt, the forever wars. The border, the debt, the forever wars. The border, the debt, the forever wars. Close the border. Pay the debt, stop the forever wars. Those are our priorities. Those are our fucking priorities. And if you don't like that, go caucus with the fucking Democrats because you're no good here. You're of no good use. You'll just confuse things and muck things up and, and get us distracted and focused on some other bullshit. Uh, fucking songs they play at the Super but that's fucking bullshit. We don't get, I don't give a fuck. I could give a flying fuck. I don't really care. I didn't care who won the game. I watched the game for a bit where I was. The game was on the television, and it was, you know, family gathering. A lot of families gather around the Super Bowl. It's a national holiday now in, in many ways. Okay, who cares? Fine. Even if you watch the game, I'm not saying you got to boycott the Super Bowl. I don't care because it's not really important. They just want you to feel like it's important. They just want you to feel like it's significant. It's significant because we have created such insignificance in the rest of the way we spend our time as citizens throughout the year in this country. That's why it feels significant. And it's becoming easier and easier to make things seem significant that aren't significant. And along the way, if they can, if they can get a twofer of of, of uh, pissing off black people by, by, by putting up conservatives and showing this, this, this obsession or this sort of racial animus that still exists. Oh, they're happy. It was a total win on the day of the Super Bowl. They got to distract people from the real issues. They got to promote their allegiance to the military and they got to sow racial division in two, three directions. Yeah, they may be using the Black National Anthem to try and undermine what it means to be American. 
but they're also using the Black National Anthem to draw conservatives and make them show that there is a racial animus that still exists in this country. A racial animus that supersedes or transcends the real issues. Because like I said before, I'll say it again, whether you're black, white, brown, yellow, green, clear, purple, blue. Today is, is, is Valentine's Day. I hope you all are going to have a, a great Valentine's Day if you're sharing it with your loved one. It's, it's okay to show people love and, and celebrate uh, your relationships and, and marriages and whatnot. Do I think it needs to be a holiday? Really? No. But fine. It is what it is. We don't have to reject and run from everything that we've created in this country. It's not that big of a deal. But what is a big deal is if you watch the Super Bowl, if you stand for the national anthem, if you celebrate Valentine's Day, if you don't get involved in your local school board, if you don't vote for your city council, if you aren't aware of the judges that are being run by the George Soros, if you don't understand what the military-industrial complex is, is, is stealing from you on a daily basis, if you, if you don't realize that the three priorities of American citizens right now must be the border, the debt, and the forever wars. Do what you want. Do what you want. Nobody's trying to control you. You're free. That's what it means to be American. And all of us will be involved in and engage in and spend our time doing things that later on in life we probably will, hopefully, God willing, realize weren't such a great use of our time. That's part of the journey of life, whether it be football on Sundays, whether it be drinking or gambling, whether it be uh, some type of, uh, you know, uh, sexual immorality or whatever the case may be. None of us are perfect. I don't think I'm asking or anybody sane or reasonable should be asking for people to be perfect because it's impossible. But what we can ask for is that in a crisis, we prioritize some things in the black national anthem or the songs that they fucking sing during the Super Bowl before the Super Bowl have no fucking relevance to what is going on right now in this country politically. There is a crisis. There is a red alert situation. And if we deal with the border, the debt and the forever wars, We put ourselves in pretty good position. We put ourselves in pretty good position to save this country. If we don't, maybe we lose the country. Maybe we lose, lose the country for good. Certainly possible. It's certainly possible that we lose the republic for good. We're, we're at that point. And look, you know, I get it. I get it. I, I really do. I really do. The Marxists and the Democrats and all these people are part of this establishment elite. They're, they're so brazen and they're so insulting uh, to, to, to America and this nation and what it stands for that our, our, our gut reaction is to, to cry out, cry foul when, whenever we see them trying to, trying to manipulate and, and, and you know, control the narrative in a certain way. I get it. I get it, but some shit's just not worth our time. Let what's happened take place. I want black people to, to rediscover some sense of national honor. If the national honor comes from a special variation of, a, of an anthem that they call the national anthem or lift every voice and sing, so be it. 
If they want to lift every, if black people, if any black people in this country want to lift every voice and sing in the name of Jesus Christ, God bless them. As long as they realize that the three most important issues are the border, the debt, and the forever wars. That we don't want to send $1,300 per household to the Ukraine when we can't put together $500 cash in a crisis. That's an issue they can understand. They, that's the issue black people can understand. They're starting to understand. Get out of the way. Let it happen. They're starting to understand that, that the border means that they're going to send an influx of illegal immigrants into their communities and they're going to pay them $2,200 a month. We're going to send $1,300 per household to the Ukraine and we're going to pay $2,200 a month to people who aren't even American citizens. And when the Federal Reserve goes to print money, goes to print fictitious money, goes to print phony money, goes to, goes to put uh, more money, more debt on the books at, at millions of dollars per minute in this country, per second, I think, millions of dollars per second. Maybe not. Somewhere in there. I mean, the debt's astronomical. I don't even really know what it's at anymore. I think it's like $80,000 per second or something. More than most Americans make in a, in a given year. And they go outside and their roads and their streets still look like shit. They're told it's all for their good. But really, they turn on the, the, the TV and they see that the, the money is going to uphold the, 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 the prosperity and, and the, the security of, of everyone else in the world. And they, they're not even safe in their own neighborhoods. That they don't see the benefit. They don't get to experience the benefit. Let it happen. Let the shit happen. It's already happening. Get out of the fucking way. Now, I hate to have to be the one to tell it to you like that, but it's, it is very disappointing to see how much energy we spend on such a benign issue. It is a benign issue. Like I said, if you got a problem, if you got a problem with the, 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 the culture of, of, of national honor in this country, I concur. I, I agree 100%. Before I started running for United States Senate, my bio on every social media platform said the exact same thing. In order to have freedom, you must have self-governance, but in order to have self-governance, you must have sacred honor and faith. And I would say national honor could be included in that as well. So nobody, nobody is bigger on national honor than me. I'm more America first than many of the people out there talking are. Because I understand that the, the citizenship is maybe the most profound intellectual development in the history of human civilization. And I mean American citizenship. The evolution of citizenship to what is now American citizenship, what was, what, was, uh, what was articulated by our founding fathers, is maybe the most profound intellectual, ideological development in the history of human civilization. And that's why I won't trade it for a global citizenship or, or a NATO and European citizenship or a, a Western citizenship. No, it's American citizenship, and we revolted against the crown. We revolted against the British Empire. 
for a very specific set of reasons that are laid out in the documents. Don't forget it. Don't forget what those documents are really protesting. Don't forget what you should protest. Economic imperialism. This is a nation of shopkeepers and agrarian farmers who are independent, who live off of the land because we have such a, a rich land here in this country that we can protect, protect our land through the Second Amendment from tyranny, from economic imperialism. Let it happen. Let it happen. You want to minister? Minister that to the black community. And see, to go back to the beginning, when I said that I know what the black community, how the black community thinks, or at least the sentiments that exist because I lived it, because I went to the schools, because I, I sat in the barbershops, because I, I, I sat at the cookouts, because I, 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 I lived in the neighborhood. When I say that I know what the thought is, because I experienced it, let me tell you what I didn't experience. I didn't experience conservatives coming into the black community. I didn't experience, uh, uh, you know, uh, certain uh, Christian denominations coming into the black community. I didn't experience the, the, the Republican Party and the Republican Party officers and activists coming into the black community. That's what makes Steve, Steve Bannon a great leader. Because despite all the noise, the signal is, and if you watch War Room, you know, the priority is that black and Hispanic working class men understand the value of American citizenship. And if black and Hispanic working class men realize the value of American citizenship, the Democrat Party platform will be broken. Root and branch. That should be our focus. Fighting about lift every voice and saying is counterproductive. It really is. Not using Frederick Douglass as a, as a calling card and cultural icon of the conservative movement is counterproductive. Not continuing to drive home that it was a Republican who freed the slaves is counterproductive. Let's be productive. There's a difference between activity and productivity. You can run around on the court. You, you, you can say a lot and be active, but when push comes to shove, did you execute? Did you get a stop? Did you box out? Did you get a rebound? Did you secure the rebound? Did you make a good decision with the ball? Did you see the floor? Did you anticipate what was going to happen before it happened? And did it end in a good result for the team? This is all that counts when you're in the fog of war. And right now we're in the fog of war. We need generals. And we need all our generals to click into high gear and understand the big picture. The big picture is we don't give a fuck what songs they sing at the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl is a jerk off and it has always been a jerk off. Not just when they went woke, but well before that when they pretended they cared about this country in the first place because they never did and their corporate partners never did and their political uh 
puppets never did. All of these people have been in on a scam to undermine your citizenship and the the, the value uh, of this this nation, the value of the ideas that helped build this nation for a very long time. In fact, when you thought the football was good, when 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 you thought the Super Bowl was good, that's the mo- that's when it was actually putting people to sleep. When it went woke, is it just pissing on your head? When it put you to sleep was back when you thought it was still good. Just like in this country, for all you people who are obsessed with Reagan, you were getting put to sleep then. They used Reagan to put you to sleep. They used Reagan to bring in the CIA and Bush and the security state that's tyrannical against you now, who you can't even find. Who you who you can't even find because in order to in order to uncover the evidence that would would tell the truth that would that would reveal the truth in order to uncover that evidence you got to break the law the rule of law the very laws that have been legislated by the puppet politicians are the are the are the laws that that make it impossible for you as an American citizen to know the truth about what your government is doing behind closed doors in the shadows tyranny economic imperialism pay your taxes we'll do what the fuck we want to do mark levin <laughs> come on guys the black national anthem ain't killing this nation the black national anthem didn't kill this country trading your security for freedom Trading your freedom for security, I apologize. Trading your freedom for security killed this nation. And the sooner you start to accept that, the sooner you start to believe that, the sooner that is the number one priority. As soon as that is is what you, you, uh, you start to emphasize in your mind, in your own internal dialogue, as you, you engage in, in political discourse, which is healthy and needed, but the sooner you start to prioritize the real shit, the sooner we can start saving this republic. And I'm not just talking about people out there in the audience. I'm talking about some of the some of the folks that do the talking. Some of the folks that do the talking on a national level. And I invite any of you to debate it. I know you won't, but I invite you to nonetheless. And if you don't want to debate, just give me a call. You don't you don't have to say it. just you, we don't have to do it publicly. Just give me a call, give me a text, say, "You know what? You're right." You don't even have to do that. Just send me a salute. Let me know that you understand the moment, the hour. The country is on fire. The United States Senate showed there's not a America firster in there. There's not enough America firsters in there, which is why I'm running for United States Senate, to keep them from bringing a bill, from passing a bill that's going to send more of your money to another war halfway around the world to sail you down the fucking river. What happened on Sunday doesn't mean shit. What happened on Monday night means everything. What happened at the Super Bowl doesn't mean a fucking thing. What happened on Monday night in that Senate chamber means every fucking thing. And we better get real clear about that right now. This has been another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio and powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. If you have to buy tires from somebody, you might as well buy them from us. Help fund the movement. Everybody has to buy tires. There's a company that actually puts their money where their mouth is. Been supporting us since the beginning. We're 160-some episodes in. 
and, and they've never wavered. And they've never once come to me and said, well, we don't like your language or we don't like your opinion on this or that or we, we think it may hurt a, say what needs to be said. And that's rare. That's rare. We'll be back Friday night with another Hebrews episode. We're going to have Professor Penn back on this week. Uh, by popular demand, people were very happy with the Professor Penn, with, with, uh, with the Hebrews podcast uh, and Professor Penn from last Friday. Uh, and, and I talked over Professor Penn quite a lot because I was upset about them calling Tucker a traitor. So I kind of went off and gapped out. Um, but I want to hear more from Professor Penn this week on some of the developments on the international scene uh, with, with war and, and, and whatnot and, and hear more of his thoughts about the, the Tucker and, and Vladimir Putin interview because we didn't really talk about the interview itself. Uh, and, and as many of you know, Professor Penn is Ukrainian and, and that history that was explained by Vladimir Putin is something that, that uh, Professor Penn and I have discussed at great length for a year or so now. So um, we're going to do that on Friday. On Saturday, tune in at 9 a.m. Eastern on Real America's Voice for the Royce White Show. We'll be leading off for War Room. Um, I appreciate your listenership and your viewership tonight and in the future. We do know that the audio platforms are not populating the podcast since episode 162. Uh, so we, we we're aware of the problem. We contacted the distributor. Uh, they're saying that there's an automation issue. We'll see how true that is. They said it may take several days in order to, to get that fixed. Uh, if it's, if it's some type of uh, internal automation issue, they got their tech team working on it. So we, we, we know that the podcasts aren't up on Apple and Amazon and Spotify and iHeartRadio. Um, we're working on the issue. It'll be solved. If they can't get the problem solved, we'll move to a new distributor, and we guarantee the podcast will start to, to appear again on the audio platforms as soon as humanly possible. We appreciate your feedback, and we appreciate all the people that we can see are listening on the audio platforms because of how many messages we got that, that the podcast weren't showing up uh, the last few episodes. So um, we appreciate everybody out there. Uh, I hope you can take what I'm saying with, with an open mind and, and understand that my interest is that we save the Republic and, and my first priority um, is that black people wake up, but I need your help. Let it happen. It's already starting. Let it happen. Don't get caught up in bullshit, please. Let's just let it happen. The Democrats are, are, are digging themselves a hole they can't get out of. Let's not help them. Let's not throw them any shovels, okay? Uh, they're on the run, and, and that's why they're going to try and run Michelle Obama as a Hail Mary. And, and what they're going to ultimately run into is, is an, even, an even more powerful political message uh, that, that really starts to uncover who Barack Obama was as a president. And that will be the turn of the tide in this nation's history. And that will be when identity politics really suffers uh, a fatal blow. Let it happen. That's it for me. The fight continues. Don't die a jerk off as always. Godspeed. But you look at Trump, he goes off script from a teleprompter for two minutes and he criticizes 
the military, mocks my husband, but he also goes and takes the side of Putin in NATO and says that he would actually encourage Putin to invade our allies. This is what you're getting. We can do better than two 80-year-olds running for president. We need a new generational leader that will go eight years disciplined, focused, without the you, rhetoric, without the chaos, But do and you go agree forward. that the NATO countries should pay up their fair share? Dana, the NATO countries should pay their fair share, but let's not mistake the fact that when he said that, he put every military member in danger. He put every country in danger. Russia has never invaded a NATO country. That alliance is rock solid. It's a success story for 75 years. We want them to pay more, and we should do that. But the last thing you do is side with a guy who kills his opponents, side with a guy who has imprisoned Evan Gersovich because he was a journalist, side with a guy who's made no beef about the fact that he wants to destroy America and you're going to side with a thug like that? What are we doing in America? And that's because he went off script. That's because they took him off the he went off the teleprompter. That's what you're going to get is unhinged chaos. And that only makes Joe Biden sound senile or sound sane. And so when you get Donald Trump making Joe Biden sound sane, it's more of the reason why Donald Trump can't defeat Joe Biden. They're taking everything he's saying and they're going to use it against him. But look at any of the polls. You look at that and you see he can't win a general election. And if he keeps talking like this and he keeps spending $50 million of his campaign dollars on personal court cases with the RNC broke, we won't defeat Joe Biden. We've got to do something my, else. My last, I did want to get in one last question, which is not, not to do with him necessarily, but with the head of the RNC, Ronna McDaniel, the chairwoman, is expected to step down after the South Carolina primary on the 24th. Do you have a person in mind that you think should lead the RNC? You know, it's, it's not about who should lead the RNC. What I worry about is you look at last week and you see all of the losses that Republicans had. Repub Trump lost his case on immunity. Republicans lost their case on Israel. They lost their case on impeaching Mayorkas. Then you go and you have the RNC chair lose her job. Trump had his fingers in all of that. How many more times do we have to lose before we realize that he is the problem? He lost right. in 2018, he lost in 2020, he lost in 22, and he lost last week. This is a pattern that's going to lead us to a President Kamala Harris if we don't change course. All right. Uh, and just to be clear, the uh, Supreme Court has not ruled on the immunity case, but widespread agreement that that did not go well for the president's case. Nikki Haley, thank you.